Please recite the Lord's Prayer backward and abandon all hope because you are listening to Mishap and Tomax on something point something. <laughs> Satan stoked with us. Satan stoked with us. Satan stoked with us. Satan stoked with us. Okay, here we are. Tomax <laughs> and Mishap. Thank you, Satan. Um. Anyway, so how's your week been, Mishap? Um, it's been pretty, pretty much unilaterally awful. But you know, that's sort of par for the course. I don't know. Been doing some brooding. Been been doing a decent amount of brooding. Um, what are you brooding about? Just stuff and junk. Um, but, uh, yeah, I've been doing some brooding, been doing some, um, been writing some angry letters that I may or may not send. Um, been, been doing a lot of hand-wringing. That's been another, another big part of it. Hand-wringing is good. Um, having some, um, just general, like, breaking shit fantasies, like, you know... Lots of good stuff. No, I mean, no, it's, it's really, you know, I feel younger than I have in a long time. Because right now I feel about 15, where, you know, I'm just generally angry and have no idea where to direct it. So, um, yeah, I don't know. Throwing juice boxes, things like that. Yes, because 15-year-olds are crazy about juice boxes. <laughs> I, know one thing. I know the kids. They love juice. That's yeah, no. You know what's weird is that you are so much more in touch with these, these children than I am. Oh, I know, I know. Okay, well, here, why, you, 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 you came in here all... I'll bright it in bushy tails. What's been going on with you? I'm going to call this one, How Cute Is That? Mmm. You know what I like about that? That's the most heterosexual title that anything has ever been titled. Yeah, it's, well, we're pretty hetero guys. And that's why we're going <laughs> to, we're about to, we're, you know, I mean, some guys will talk about, you know, football, MMA, or something like that. Uh-huh. Like, oh, I'm a big man. But, you know, we're so comfortable with our heterosexuality. We're going to talk about how cute our cats are. My cat's pretty goddamn cute. Uh, not as cute as mine. My cat's way cuter. Pretty cute. God damn it. Mr. Mittens. <clears throat> My cat Minerva, which, by the way, is a much cuter name than Mr. Mittens. Um, so, yeah. I don't even know what that is. What is that? A you know, god? It's some you sort know, of goddess you know of like war or something. It is. Lame it is. Like that. It is. It is Whatever. actually a goddess of war. Um, it's not Roman very cute. I guess you think war is cute. I don't really seem to think that. I don't really hold your political views, but oh, oh but 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 like lengthy pause. I like but Whatever. ellipsis. You should just say ellipsis when you say that. Like but lengthy pause. But. Ellipsis, 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 ellipsis. Okay, so get to it. I'm, I'm just gonna give you the first. I'm just gonna give you the first one. So do your do your best job. Tell tell me how cute Minerva. Okay, was. Minerva got fucking into. She got she got into some cotton balls. <laughs> no, no. She got into. She got totally into. Uh huh. And so all of a sudden, you got like a whole bunch of cotton balls over the house. A whole bunch of them. Okay, hold up. A whole bunch of them. <laughs> was it like, a, jum- was it like a jumbo one you got at like Target or was it oh, just no. like just it, like- it was it was it was just standard cotton balls. And they were just all over the house. And I come down and I like look around and I say, Oh Minerva. <laughs> what did you say? Oh Minerva. Oh Minerva. What have you gotten into this time? Oh my god, what did she do? She looked up and there was a goddamn cotton ball in her ear. <laughs> And her, no. her balance was slightly compromised. But it was like, it was pretty gosh darn adorable. And all she was doing was like leaning to one side trying to get the cotton ball out. Kind of like the way a swimmer would jump to the side. And you know what? It was so cute. It was so cute. I actually left the cotton ball in for about a week and a half. And um, the vet said that was a really bad move. Um, and that I could have permanently compromised my cat. But, I mean, I mean, you know, the question is, it was still really cute. It's pretty cute. I give it four, four kitty paws. Four kitty paws? Okay. So, um, you know how Mr. Mittens, he, lo- he loves his kitty treats. I've, I've, I've heard tell of this. Yeah. <laughs> he loves his kitty treats. So, you know, he's such a smart kitty. He, he knows where I keep them, which is up on the fridge. So he hops up on the <coughs> counter, mm-hmm. then he hops up on top of the fridge, oh. and he just tears them open. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm coming home from work, and I'm like, Where's Mr. Mittens? Usually he just comes right to the door, and I come in there, 
And what does he do? He has a kitty treat in his mouth and he's up on the fridge. And he looks at me. And he looks at me and he it's like he looks at me as if to say, I didn't do it. <laughs> when he totally did. He totally did. He and was I totally knew he did. did. I said, Mr. Mittens, you did it. You 100 percent did it. Oh my god, that little cat liar. Yeah, that's a that's a poor kitty paw story for sure. So I had this, I was, um, I was paying somebody to beat me up in my apartment and, um, you know, just, just a little, it kind of like, I, I mean, it's, I'd say light, but it was, I mean, it was, it, it left some scars and broke some bones, but anyway, so I'm, you know, you know, Miss, Mistress Greta is over at my apartment and, um, and so I'm, um, you know, inverted and, um, covered in my own blood and, um, and all this kind of stuff. You know what Minerva comes up and does? Comes up and Puts a paw on my face, as though to say, hey, why is she the one beating you? I want to put beat you, too. Because <laughs> she thinks it's cute, because she wants, like, to do make me happy, because she's such a sweet little cat. Because she thinks she's human. And she, she thinks she's, she's human. Thinks so she's all human. The, she all of a sudden thinks, like, you know, why, why do you have that large woman, like, you know, force feed you yogurt while you're upside down and, like, waterboard you? Like, why can't I do that? I'm your cat. <laughs> and so... You know, <laughs> what, a, what a little goofball. Well, i give it three mittens. If there were cotton balls involved, there might be. I know, you know, she didn't have a prop. That's the, that was the right. problem. I think it would have been cute if, if she had, like, you know, maybe, like, some leather, like, oh, like, God, like straps on her, or maybe a gag in her kitty mouth. That would have been cute. <laughs> like a kitty ball gag? Yeah, yeah. kitty ball oh, gag. Did they make those? Because that would be pretty freaking cute. I got a connection on, you know, specialty cat items. Oh, I, I should show you. I great, bet you you can have one made. That sounds adorable. Not even adorable. Too few syllables in adorable. Need another one just to show how adorable it is. <laughs> okay. Um, so, so I, you know how Mr. Mittens, he loves to get into yarn? <laughs> I've, I've heard tell of this as well. Yeah. And, um, well, so I, uh, you know, I was going to do some some crocheting because uh-huh. you know how I like to make ascots I, I, I do and actually I was making an ascot that had kitties on it a, a cat ascot? a That's, cat ascot oh wow cat scot cat scot oh I like that already yeah, yeah. and it's something I sell on eBay and on Etsy and I was actually making one for Mr. Mittens um, and you know what does he do but he gets into my project and you know how he just he, I come in and he's upside down, uh-huh. and he's got the yarn rolling around, and he's all tangled up. And he, and he looks at me, and then he tries to run away, but he couldn't run. He couldn't run away because he was all tangled up in yarn. Oh, you gotta be kidding me! <laughs> well, and he looked at me. <laughs> he looked at me, and you know, he looks like he's gonna say, "What's that?" He looks at me and he says, "I didn't do it." <laughs> wow but we know he did he did it oh my goodness well so <laughs> so Minerva Minerva I was cooking crystal meth one day and so I'm like looking around and I'm really paranoid you know I have a I have a gun in my waist hip and I have a you know another gun on the um, on the kitchen counter um, a few other things happening uh, I have like a little booby trap set up for like you know if anyone busts through the front door you know that kind of thing. I have like my notes ready. I mean my affairs are in order. You know everything's just fine. So anyway, so I'm a little bit I'm a little bit spun myself. And by the way, I mean his tip for life: don't make crystal meth when you're on it. Cause gosh, gosh, that's a stressful day. Um, that really that really definitely gets the uh, gets the gets gets you gets you a little unsteady. So anyway, so. I haven't slept in, you know, probably about seven or eight days. And, um, and so I'm cooking some crystal meth and I'm in the pressure cooker and the pressure cooker looks like it might blow and I'm like, oh goodness, I can just get burned and, you know, that wouldn't be, that would be a bummer of a day. Where's the Hallmark card for that when that happens to people? Um, so, um. They don't make them, I don't think. All of a sudden, I hear what sound like the absolute poundiest footsteps of my life. I grab both guns and I hear what sounds like a rattlesnake. And I'm like, oh no, it's a rattlesnake. It's a rattlesnake. It's a rattlesnake. And I'm pretty sure I'm going to have to shoot a rattlesnake. You know, it comes out. Minerva. 
she has one of those little sleeves of Sudafed in her mouth and she's making it rattle. <laughs> and I was just like, oh my God, this is funny. I mean, and I had one of those moments where I'm like, you know, all right, you know, maybe I'm not going to get, you know, maybe I'm not going to get caught today. Maybe I got a little, maybe this rabbit lives a little longer. You know, it was just, it was just such a sweet, sweet, sweet moment. Well, I think that I think that's I think that's about enough. All right. For how cute is that? I think we're gonna have, but I mean, let's tell you something. The stories are gonna keep coming. Yeah. So expect to hear more of this. Absolutely. All right. Well, I'm gonna go sleep for about three days. How about yourself? I think I'm gonna go uh, finish my 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 cat Scott. That's great. I'm really glad we've stayed in touch because I mean we are our you know I our cherish lives, these moments. <laughs> our lives still still have a decent amount of overlap, you know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll be back soon. Hey, uh, mishap here. Um, just a quick note here. This uh, this little bit we have going on right after this uh, was actually recorded in uh, July of 2011. Um, long before uh, Battleship the movie came out and the inevitable uh, board game movie comparisons happened. So this is just completely unrelated, and we totally beat all those people to the punch without even a reference for it. So I just wanted to wanted to throw that out there, obviously. Uh, otherwise, it might sound like we're jumping on someone else's bit. Anyway, enjoy. Deep in the Serengeti resides many beasts, hungry for whatever or whomever crosses their path. Three people on safari represent our last hope or their next meal. This summer, most of us will be by the pool, but some of us will be devoured by the hungry, hungry hippos. Starring Sean Connery. The hippopotamus has innumerable strengths. But only one weakness. Marbles. Winona Ryder. All you ever talk about is hippos and marbles. What about our baby? And the silver screen debut of television's master of horror, Jewel Hauser. Well, here we are in the African plains and... Ow! A hippo seems to be chewing on my patellar tendon. Well, that's what I get for searching for Serengeti gold. This summer, you better keep your marbles or you're gonna lose your life. Hungry, hungry hippos. August 2011. Okay, we're back. Um, you know... To no one's surprise, Tomex and I are frequently, uh, if not directly, then peripherally involved in, in love. And um, so one thing we'd like to start doing is talk a little bit about our pickup line of the week. You know, what's the, or, or just whatever time period you want to bring up. Like, what is the best pickup line you've heard in recent memory? So, um, so Tomex, you want to start or, or, or you prefer to, to defer? Okay. Uh, yeah, I'll do mine. Okay. okay. I gotta lean in. Is this... I gotta lean in close to the mic for this one. Okay, it's okay. It's like I'm leaning into the lady's ear. Oh, so this is... So so we're talking like close range pickup line. Like, because oh, you don't yeah. want any collateral damage. Yeah. I gotcha. Yeah. Okay, understood. Yeah. Understood. Okay. Or, so. or, I'm sorry, excuse me, collateral like vaginal moistening or whatever. Yeah, whatever, exactly. whatever may be the result. Exactly. Or collateral boners. Oh, collateral boners would be just a, just a disaster. <laughs> Best band name ever. Okay. Um, <laughs> Um, okay. Here it goes. Listen. My boner's on the run from the law. You have a place I can hide it? Oh, God. Um, just, just give, give everyone a second to, like, fan and perhaps swoon. If your Chase Lounge is handy, this is a good time to, uh, get the vapors. Um, wow, that, that is a... I don't even want to talk about what I was thinking. You see thinking. why I, I had to contain it? Why I ha why there has to be it has to be contained? God, I'm gonna I, I, out of five Eric Estradas. 
Uh, I think it's a four. I, I would I would entirely agree. A strong four. I can't give myself a five for it. There's a better line out there. You know that is. I I like your that that's an asymptotic pursuit of perfection. That's so and that's a big fucking word for a. Uh, an eight-year-old? I don't know. Well, I don't know what you're. I, I, <laughs> you didn't know where I was going. I didn't know where you were going with that. Yeah, that was a that was an interesting interesting way of Big doing it. Fancy things. pants word, but I actually know what it means. I actually know what it means. That's that's I'm that's also good. Also, smarty pants. Okay. All right. Um. Man, you know, you know, I heard I heard it, and I'm I'm blanking slightly on my own. I had mine ready to go just a second ago, and now it's. Now, I mean, I think that because I am so titillated and perhaps Twitter-pated um, due to your uh, due to your line, I mean, that is that is that is something. Does it uh, does it involve like mirrors on a shoe or? Wow. Okay, I'm I'm I'm, I'm recalling my memory. Um, I'm slightly less Twitter-pated, still a little bit flushed though. Um. Okay. Well. Um. So Are mine. Asymptotic. Um. No. That is. That is. A complete misuse of adjective. Um, all right, so so mine's mine's not quite as whispery, but we'll see how it goes. Um, so you know, perhaps I walk up to a lady and say, "I only have one thing in common with the maple tree," and she might ask, "What's that?" And I say, "I'm irresistible to beavers." Yeah. So um, that's uh, that's pretty good. Well, and also I might say. And sometimes I exude a sweet sap. Oh, that would... That got a little dark. Okay, anyway, um... Don't try to drill a hole in me. I, I ain't... No, no. Fine. See, you were good. You were good. The first one was great. Second no. one, okay. Last one, too much. See, this is my problem, is that I always try to reinvent the wheel, like, yeah, halfway through Yeah, you had my... it with the first one. The okay, first okay. one was aces. Yeah. Oh God! Well, I'm gonna give it. I give it. I give it four haunches. Uh, for for Eric Estrada's. Eric Estrada's. Okay, but just for the first. You know, did I lose? I think I lost one Eric Estrada with the second with the retooling, and then lost like two more with the last one. Yeah, we'll give you a freebie. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. All right. This is an early. This is an early going. Okay. So now that um now that you're sufficiently in the mood for um, whatever you may be in the mood for, um. Let's go ahead and um and um and talk a little bit about uh about bands. Who are those bands that you listened to in high school or even afterward, and you thought this band was just just got it, just got everything needed and whatever, and then all of a sudden now you listen to and you're like, whoa, like this is not the band who I liked, right? You know. Yeah. So bands that just don't hold up. I think that not holding up is something that you'll definitely hear revisited in future episodes. But um, mm -hmm. so let's talk a little about that. So um, why don't you start off with your first uh, not hold up band? Okay, okay. That's just I don't I don't even have to think about this. It's the first one that just jumps straight out at me. Okay, it's Primus. Interesting. Uh, I remember when they first came onto the scene, and it was actually before they got radio play, before they were on They were a Bay Area band. They're they from El Cerrito. They were, yeah. yeah. And they had that live album, and I was just like, holy fucking shit, this band is like... They, they, you know, it was at this point in my life where I wanted to be a really shredding musician, but I wanted to play punk, and mm -hmm. and I wanted to play edgy music. And all my friends were like, you know, Suddenly, the bass player became the forefront of all these punk bands. Well, the Minutemen had kind of a bass player. Yeah, thing. the Minutemen are the one. Yeah, well, they, isn't they, that Mike they Watt? Were, Mike Watt was. Yes, yeah, yes. okay. And he was a great bass player. But um, suddenly, it was like I, I think that alternative music was coming on this. You know, whatever, Jane Addiction, all that shit. And sure. Suddenly, it was like funk became the new, like retro thing. Mm -hmm. And it was like this new revival of funk mixed with alternative. And, and you know, Primus was like, just they had this, this um, you know, virtuoso bass player. Sure. And this crazy drummer that had this big piccolo snare. And he and played used, drums like and no used one. A, and used a guitar, used a guitar in a, like a really strange way. Yeah. Like it was more like the guitars. The guitar was used like a theremin in that band. Like it totally. wasn't even, it was used almost as like an instrument that wasn't, it was providing accent as opposed to substance. Like, it was really weird. Yeah, yeah, totally. And 
yeah, the whole dynamic of that band was really fascinating in the way that he would sing was kind of more like almost like rapping or something, you know, or something. It I mean, was something. It didn't make it didn't make much sense yeah. for sure. Yeah, but that was a bass and drums driven band, a rhythm section driven band, which was totally a new concept up to mm-hmm. that point. Really, even if you think about it, like the seventies rock was all guitar driven, and even through the eighties, really, it was either synthesized, synth, yeah, synth or guitar driven. So I think just like that band came on the scene was like holy shit this is new, and I said to everybody I go this is just the way this is the w- this is the way forward. Holy crap! Take a listen to that band now. It is just nonsense. It's it's funny you know you say it you bring them up and I was totally thinking about them I think it was yesterday, um, just about the fact that like I don't know how you know, those songs just seem very impossible to me. I mean, I think that if they're, if they do have one kind of saving grace, it is the fact that it's so unique and like, it's not something that can be recreated and mm-hmm. stuff like that. But, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, that was definitely a band. I, I, I agree. Like I, I definitely really, really loved that band for a mm-hmm. long period of time. And I really have had no desire to listen to them. And if somebody were to play like, Jerry is a race car driver. Like, that song's kind of bad. That song was never that great. Um, <laughs> that was their go-to song, though, man. But, I mean, well, I see, My Name is Mud was always the go-to song for me. Mm. And, like, but, I mean, now that I think about it, I mean, all you'd do if somebody played that song was sing along to the lyrics. And, like, it's not as though I'd go listen to that song and just be, like, driven nuts by it. Yeah. I, I also remember the disappointment that I suffered in high school when, you know, I had, you know, hearing, having that Frizzle Fry album and all that shit, and then suddenly the jocks got into it, and I'd hear them down the halls going, Jerry wasn't a race car driver, blah, 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 blah. Oh, that was the thing. That was, I was so disappointed. It was, it was more just... like, he, he, okay, it wasn't rapping. He more did like this, like, redneck drawl that was half like, you know, that was half like, uh, yeah. Like, you know, I gotta get all that coon, you know, it's like, um, <laughs> it sounds like Al Jurgensen from Ministry. Oh, but, but okay. Anyway, but not as all good. Right. Yeah. Right. Okay. So, okay. Great, great, great thing. I mean, I, for me, I don't even have to think about it either. Weezer, Weezer, Weezer. Talk about a band that has both soiled its legacy. And then also like, I always thought, okay, first of all, Pinkerton was always the album that I would, that I would, that I would go to and say, this album, though, this album is so good. And, you know, it's it's not a bad album. I'm not going to throw them under the bus for Pinkerton. But still, though, I mean, that was an album that I thought was just an album of albums. And, I mean, it is like three quarters unlistenable. And the Blue Album that everyone still harps on is just throwaway pastiche. I mean, it's just absolutely, like, there's there's nothing on that album where I am, like, Oh, I need that. I need that song. Like, you know, like there's never been a time where I've wanted to listen to it. It's like, and like it, the sentiment is really hollow. It's, it's like right. the lyrics are not very good. The guitar stuff just sounds ripped off of other bands. Every heavy rocking part on that was a rip off of the Ramones. Oh, like, well, sure. Straight sure. up. Oh, we did just the buddy Holly. Fucking Ramones riff. That is, that's, right that is a Ramones riff. I mean, because they, they usually basically, what they more or less did was they went for kind of an indie sensibility yeah. with like a 70s rock, like, you know, anthem thing. And yeah. I mean, and I mean, this, the whole point is, I would say that most thinking people understand that Weezer of these days is just god awful. Like, they've released unforgivable album after unforgivable album for a while. But the thing was, is that, I mean, I'm talking like, even now, like, you know, you could talk about them soiling their legacy, but looking back on it, the Blue Album does not hold up. It doesn't sound very good. I mean, mm. if you played, if you played, like, and, and Pinkerton, which was an album that I always adored, um, doesn't sound nearly as good. I mean, there's, like, so many songs on there that I just find just, just almost unlistenable. I mean, and again. Oh, wow, you really turned a corner on that one, because... I think like a year ago, you still like that album. Well, I think that, but I hadn't really been listening to it. I realized that. I mean, there are some good songs. I mean, there's a couple of songs on the Blue Album that I'm okay with, and there's there's more songs on Pinkerton I'm okay with. But I thought they had just soiled their legacy, and then I go back and revisit their legacy, and it wasn't as great as I remember it. Huh? That's you know the thing that blew my fucking mind about that band. They were on NPR, and they were interviewing that singer, and they said. Um, that guy said something that just absolutely blew my mind. 
He said, you know, the thing that makes my band, Weezer, totally different from all the other uh, bands of our ilk is that we actually listen to our fans and we listen and we read every email and we actually change our the way that we write songs based on um, on feedback, on approval. And people said that they liked that they didn't like Pinkerton. They like unanimously they got booed the fuck out. <laughs> Nobody liked Pinkerton apparently, except for the some people. But the, the the reviewers didn't like it, and most of the fans didn't like it. I, so, so they changed the way they wrote songs, mm-hmm. and then they got feedback from the Blue Album, and they basically so the guy basically is making this admission that he's just kind of like it's like finger in the wind kind of kind of way of songwriting. You know what? I honestly here's the thing though is that that uh, the 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 lead singer Rivers Cuomo is such a dildo. Like I mean, but that's he's such a douchey. No, but he, no, I think he's being, no integrity. No, no, no. I think he's being totally facetious. Mm. Because the thing it's is that Terry Gross, he was. It doesn't. Totally, but, oh, like Terry Gross ironic. would inspire facetiousness. No, I mean, because he he would always he what he's trying to do right now is generate interest in the band in any way, shape, or form he can. The thing that was really weird was like he said, the, but no, because here's the, here's the part that I think is really important to note. He said, "We will never write another album like Pinkerton because it got boot because they didn't like it." And well, they but like the I find of, this of I find this, this very interesting. That Beverly because, Hills song, which is awful, but um, and everything they've done. But that's where they're going awful. now. They're going in that direction of the Beverly Hills. You can song. say that, but like, okay, okay. But here's 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 something I think is very very interesting and and just flies completely in the face of the band. So, Pinkerton was released in I think 1998. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe 1997. Actually, no, 1997. I think um, a green or blue album I believe is 1994. Mm-hmm. Now, they did not do anything again until 2001. Okay, mm-hmm. right. And so, but I saw them live in 2002, mm-hmm. and they played more songs off Pinkerton than they played off any other album, including their new album, which at that point was the Green album. Oh, okay. So. This is the thing that I find just insane about this. Anyway, um, I, I have plenty of issues with that, and I think that this was... I, I honestly think this was him being a jerk more than anything else. Wow. All right. So, it, it, so, is, it is weird, and this is it's totally t- a topic for another podcast, yeah. but the interesting thing about this whole subject is that all these bands came up at the weirdest era in alternative, mm-hmm. punk, whatever you want to call it. Because we came up... Our, it's like our generation was this generation that saw indie bands getting swooped up by record labels. I find it so fucking fascinating. You know, Jawbreaker, Jawbox. Exactly. Um, you know, Offspring, failure. Bad Religion. Oh, no, no, no. Fa- failure, but Failure broke up. Okay, no, Offspring yeah. really is released a jillion. Right, but I'm just saying albums. all of the different directions, the, the sort of the... the, the, the permutate, or the, I, I don't know what you... Just the way that you know, okay, the Offspring made it, and they and they've made, been playing the same song for like fifteen yeah. years. Yeah, mediocrity rose the God, top, and then, and then and then you know, job. Oh, I'm sorry, they, you know, they've been playing the same song for like twenty years. Right, they're, I mean, they're fucking. They're 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 totally. It's mediocrity rising to the top, and then yeah. who who what 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 bands get destroyed? Bad Religion, Jawbreaker, Jawbox. Bad Religion. Okay, these, don't say Bad Religion got okay, destroyed. Actually, bad Religion no, was no, no. around for like saying? 25 no, no, years. No, 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 they didn't get destroyed. Actually, no. they, did. they did quite well. I don't know why. No, 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 Bad Religion was around forever. Okay, okay. And Bad Religion is just less accessible than The Offspring. Right. But it, 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 at any rate, I find the whole subject of how these bands got, got through that <laughs> whole thing. reunite Goldfinger? Like, <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, okay, so... Um, but, yeah, it destroyed a lot of bands. Well, it a lot did, of bands were trying to... The late 90s... The, the, the trying part to that was, jump on the fucking bandwagon of, you know, co-opting punk rock and all that stuff. Well, but the part that was really funny about it was, like, was like you had... You had a lot of weird stuff happening with the, with the major label boom of the, of the early... Or, like, the mid-90s. Because every band... Or every um, record company wanted to find their own Nirvana... That yeah. was kind of the thing, was is that you right. know you had a band who was so raw and so right. like okay. So, all I gotta say, okay, so so one one only only thing I wanna bring up before before we, we break, because we probably we could keep on going on this for a long time. 
and we will go certainly back to bands at a later time. But with Nirvana, like listen to In Utero if you have it. That is one of the most ahead of its time, crazy, thrashed out, like ridiculous albums that you can find. And it sold millions of copies. And it's really funny because like you could play it for somebody who has absolutely no like, you know, desire to listen to anything off the beaten path. And they're like, oh, it's Nirvana, so it's good. But it's like that album has so many crazy songs on it that like, you know, bands like, you know, the Blood Brothers and like a lot of other like, you know, kind of post-hardcore bands like really built off of, of this like I mean and it was it was a lot like you know influenced by like Mud Honey and like other Seattle like bands mm-hmm. of that time but like check that out I mean that album is ridiculous anyway what were you gonna say I was just gonna say um that the thing that blow, blows my mind about about that about this is that the the record companies were you know they were so they had such a giant hard on to pick up another Nirvana because oh, yeah. it was such it was oh, yeah. such lightning or smashing pumpkins it was lightning in a bottle or smashing so what pumpkins did they or... do they went out and they just bought up every damn band it was like a fucking gamble and um, there's a fascinating article out there in Punk Planet about this way back when and it's just basically all these all the Sonys and our IRS and all that stuff they just bought up every fucking band no matter how garbage the band was. Like a couple bands in Davis even got picked up, huh. and they were just like, "Okay, you know, here's was, a, yeah." That they gave sense. them a grant of like you know fifty grand to go do their tour, and you know almost all of them failed, and almost all of them actually lost money and were fucking right. destroyed. Yep. But it was just this era of watching punk bands get big and then punk bands get fucking destroyed. And that's I I I, I think that's true. I mean, and it's it's you know the irony is like. The bands that were like fake punk, like Blink One Eighty Two and stuff, made off yeah. like bandits. I mean, talk about a terrible band, Jesus Christ! Although they weren't a band that didn't hold up, they were just a band that was awful to begin with. Um, yeah. But um, <laughs> but oh god! I mean, it was really fun. I was at the gym today and I saw like a Blink One Eighty Two video on there, and I'm like, I'm like this is like one of those bands that I just I I I understand why people like them because they are, but it was like. I don't know. I mean, it is, it is one of those things where mediocrity wins out yet again. It's mediocrity, and it's also the tweeners. The well, tweeners but, but are, they were. The but but, but Blink 182 was around in 1995. They've been around. They were around when, when we were in high school, or when I was in high school. Yeah. It was, <laughs> yeah. But, uh, it was the tweeners then. I don't know. No, no. I mean, it's. But it was. They were. I don't know. Anyway. Okay, so um, people hadn't heard that shit before. They were all blown away. Well, that by was the part it. that, that was, was their what, primus. You, okay, you know? so, so so no 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 no. Okay, <laughs> let's 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 make it very very clear. Primus is definitely a band that I can understand does not hold up, but there should never be any kind of even like even the the smallest like desire to think that Primus in any way shape or form should be like levied against Blink One Eighty Two. No 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 no. Because like. Primus is actually a really like original interesting Absolutely. band. Absolutely. And Blink One Eighty Two is an abortion. Yeah. Um so anyway, um on that note, I'm glad I got to use the word abortion today. Let's hope that my you know I love abortion. <laughs> let's hope that I get to use the term like hate fuck and like um you know other outstanding terms out there, um, you know, as things progress. Will I use them? You bet. The answer might surprise you. All right, we'll be back soon. Okay, and we're back. And so we're going to be talking a little bit about scenarios in which Tomax and I have felt old. You know you've had that moment, no matter what age you are. I know many, a yeah, lot of but, our listeners are younger, uh, but you know, there's a moment where but you... But we, we are in our 30s. Um, I'm in my early 30s. Tomex is comfortably into his 30s. Um, so let's go ahead and, uh, and just talk about this. So we, um, one, of, one of the times that both of us felt old uh, was a time that we were hanging out together and, and, and not like, you know, doing everything we can to like, resist our physical attraction to each other. I bought tickets for my favorite band ever, which is Pavement, which I'm sure I will bring up on a regular basis, had I not brought it up already. And I've told them to reel it in. 
I know. I'm not allowed to talk about how great they were, or how great their songs were, or the fact that Gary Young, their original drummer, came out and then like kind of effed up on two states, you know, whatever. So, um, no, I think they're a solid band. I just know how mishap can go long on this one. Oh, it's holding well, the reel it in. That is that is legitimate. Um, I can go long on this one because I literally could more or less dissect every song for awesomeness, and most of the songs are going to be pretty rife with it. Anyway. So, um, outside of Terror Twilight, which was an album I wasn't really good into. So we go out to the reunion show. Now, I, have, I saw Pavement seven times in their initial run, which ended in 1999. And um, they were my favorite band starting when I was like 14. So they were just one of those bands that I just locked onto. Good times. So um, anyway, so but, but this was now a totally separate thing because Tomex and I are going there and I'm actually nervous to go to this to go to this band's show because they were really good live. They were not like one of those bands like they weren't like you know certain bands who are like just insane live because they're not really an insane band. They're they're a little bit more like you know under wraps, but they always were shoegazer. Oh, I wouldn't say shoegaze. Really, that's what you say. I would oh. say my bloody Valentine is shoegaze. I wouldn't say like Pavement is. Well. It's not going to be like there's going to be a fucking uh, pyrotechnic show. No, that's it's a, a that's little legitimate bit more point. of a collegey kind of scene. Yeah. Um. So, yeah. No, I mean, okay. Collegey is fine. I mean, shoegaze I think is a little off, but collegey is fine. Okay. So, anyway, so so we just so so I have an extra ticket, and Tomax is my uh, plus one for this wedding of me and my favorite band. So, we get out there. We had a bunch of wine, you know, we did all that kind of thing. And then we um, we watched the, I think part of the opening act, I forget who it was. It wasn't anybody that either of us were really that into. And then all of a sudden, like, we're like good and drunk and keyed and perfect for Pavement to come out. And um, we take a seat, we're at the Greek Theater. And even though this is my favorite band, I kind of wanted to just chill out. And so we're up, and the Greek theater's sound is fantastic. This is in Berkeley, California. Greek theater's sound is fantastic, and um, so we're up on uh, we're up on the uh, the Glen, you know, which is a very slanted, um, uh, enchanted, uh, perhaps enchanted, but very slanted, uh, very slanted like grass thing. And so we're taking a seat, and you know, whatever. And um, we're we start like chatting with these these girls that are uh, seated right below us, and like, I mean, am I wrong on my rankings? Is that these were like a bunch of sixes? I I can't. I was trying. We were talking about this. I can't even remember because you kept feeding me these plastic uh, cups of wine. We were pretty hosed at this show. I was working on but it. They, they they looked okay. No, they were like six. They yeah, were like, I okay. mean, yeah, sixes yeah, or pretty, sevens. I'm going to say sevens. Sevens. Sixes or sevens is fair. Okay. God, we sound like such a bunch of assholes. Well, no. We're I mean, really but, nice people. Well, but but in all honesty, like, if you're talking about the context of it, like, their attractiveness is at least, like, a portion of this. It's sure, like, they sure. were They were certainly not nines and certainly not twos. That I think is a legitimate point. Fair enough. Okay. So, anyway, so these girls are, like, all of a sudden they, like, start engaging us, and they were really, like, strangely interested in what we wanted to do. Yeah. And, I mean, in reality, what we wanted to do was, like, watch this band, and then, um, and, you know, just be, like, general drunk, you know, over 30 assholes. Um, and, um, so, but they keep on, like, kind of, like, whatever, and, like, and, 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 you know, I know... I will say, like, my pavement knowledge is stunning. So I'm kind of, like, talking to them about what, what do you guys Well, we bonded into, because whatever. They, one of them was from Stockton. Mm. And it was like, oh, pavement's And I was born in Stockton. Right, you were born in Stockton, and I'm from Davis, so I'm from Central so, Valley. Right. And that's so where it like, sort of bonded. So, you know, you have, like, probably the best indie rock band of all time. Like, you know, if you're going to judge indie rock as a band that was on an independent label, which Pavement always was. And, like, um, yeah, so, I mean, you have, like, you have, like, that, and then you have, like, you know, the kind of Central Valley. They're very California, even though none of them live in California anymore. It's weird. So, um, so you have all this happening, 
I was just like, yeah, like, oh, I saw them a bunch of times and they were like, you know, around the originally. Is it just me or did a girl like react like as though like, she thought that was really weird? I don't remember. Oh, well, well, this is a great story then. Um, <laughs> so, um, but like, they were just like, they were like strangely, okay, so, so, but here was the, here was the ultimate thing of it. Um, and unfortunately, like, I, I, I had numerous um, glasses of wine and plus like we'd been drinking beforehand and like for the record I mean Tomax I'm not being absurd in saying that Pavement was astonishingly wonderful it was like, a really good show they were they were fantastic and yeah. um, and like were actually better in a lot of regards than they were when I saw them yeah in I the came 90s. in ambivalent a little bit and, and I was very surprised how good they were yeah. They sounded, they sounded wonderful. Like everything, everything about their show was just like polished and great. And they were but just, do you remember how this whole thing went down with them? They came over, started talking to us. And then you remember they started sliding down. This is a huge embankment. Oh yeah. yeah. Okay. And we started yeah, yeah. sliding down the hill and uh-huh. we were like doing this sliding down the dirt thing with them. And it was sort of a flirtatious thing. And I go back up and hang out with you. Oh and yeah. yeah, come yeah, yeah. Back okay. over and they'd start chatting us. Okay. Go ahead. No, 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 keep, keep going. You know, you remember this probably better than I do. Well, it was it was this weird flirtatious little dance, and it sort of felt a little bit like kids on a playground, like where you go, you don't know what to say to the person, so you go up and you like the kid yanks the girl's ponytail because he doesn't know how to say I like you, and it was like that, and <clears throat> like she kept losing her purse and all this nonsense. Oh, I remember that. And you were just kind of like, I don't know what to do about this, and. And then the show ended, and we start walking out, and, like, we're walking towards the exit, and our, our pace was sort of matching theirs, and then we're, like, with them, and we sort of didn't know what to do, and they were really drunk. We realized how drunk they were only as we're leaving the gate. And, by the way, for the record, we were drinking profusely throughout this, and they weren't. Yeah, what the fuck happened? And so that was the part that was really strange, was it's like, was like, like, Ooh. now, both of us have, like, reasonably heavy alcohol tolerances, but we were drinking a lot, and they weren't really drinking. I think that they had beers, and they never replenished them. Okay, yeah, they were just super lightweights, and they were... I guess. Closed. So, yeah, we were, we we're on our way out, and they were like... And there was three, by the way, three to R2. Yeah, and they were just, you know, basically some move out by the gate, by the dumpster, where it basically said, Oh, by oh, the I'm dumpster. so drunk! And <clears throat> it was a really weird move. I, was, they, they, they wanted, I think they wanted us to go with them somewhere. Well, it was... We didn't it was, know what it, to do. It was literally, like, one of those things where, we're like, we theoretically were, should have had some kind of game plan. I think they expected us to have some game plan. And then their siren call was, We're so drunk! (laughs) We don't know what we're gonna do tonight! And then it was just like, it was so stupid because both of us were just like looking at each other and just like completely handcuffed and like, and like, what what the, what the, what? And I think yeah. that, like, <clears throat> and, like, I think both of us were single at that time, too. It wasn't as oh, we, were we were both completely single. I had, yeah, I had had yeah. a breakup not that long earlier, and, but and, I had a breakup, like, maybe, like, two or three weeks earlier. Yeah, they were giving us the invitation, but the thing that but I think was But their invitation so was, like, insane. But it was confusing <laughs> because at the male part of our brain was saying, you are getting an invite, why are you not getting on this, and then... Oh, but, see, my male but, invite, but, my, my, my male thing was saying, like, these girls are young and this right. is weird. No, I know, but that's the cognitive part. Okay, okay. Like My our, cognitive part is hard to turn off. Okay, well, our, you know, I, I, I get what you're saying, except I think I'm a little bit more mid-brain than you are. No, I think so, too. I, but, I am, but, you know, I think there was a conflict that was going on there where it was like, we, sh- we should be following these girls because they're offering us some, some loving. And, and, and we like, didn't know what to do because the, they were they were on some page that that, that works for younger guys. And, and then confusing. and then it was like, and then do you remember like the the end was where we were like, all right, we're going that way. And this one girl's like, okay, 
Yeah. <laughs> and then we ended up like just like walking that way. And then both of us were like And then we went home and cried. Yeah. <laughs> but um no, it was it was but the thing that was we went so home weird and feverishly about it, masturbated with our tears. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, yeah, no, it was, it was, it, it was an old moment. To be fair, we went home and watched Matlock, didn't we? <laughs> <laughs> but then, but we made sure to go to bed early enough to the point where we were able to go to, like, the buffet, like, you know, yeah. in the morning. The, the, the bottom line of this, of this whole story is that life is challenging, and as you get older, things do get more challenging. Now, I don't think that Tomax and I are gonna, like, anytime soon, like, actually, like, start, like, driving our, like, you know... 80s Cadillac through like a farmer's market because we're so confused as to how driving works. But, um, but you know, getting older is weird. So, um, on that bombshell, we'll go. Oh, wait, no, I, ha- I had one too. Um, and this is actually more depressing. This okay, really, you want, you want that sort of ends on a neutral note. I don't think anybody really lost. Okay, well, can we do a quick one for, for your Yeah, okay. okay. I'm in, I, I, went to, I went to Southeast Asia a couple, couple months ago. Thailand and Laos, and um, so at one point I decided to go to the island of Koh Phangan in Thailand, and it's kind of known, it's like the, one of the southern islands, and one of the things that happens there is this full moon party, it's really famous, it's like this, they take this whole beach, and they turn it into one big party at night, a lot of people go to this, If a lot of people that go there and do like tour, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um... <clears throat> Kind of a kind of a spring breaky kind of deal for all the Europeans and Americans that go down and travel. Anyway, so I was down there and I was kind of at the end of my trip, and I, it was kind of a lonely trip. I hadn't really been meeting a lot of well, I hadn't meet I, I didn't really meet a lot of ladies, but I met this girl who was just incredibly hot right at the end, and she was a young British girl, super duper cute, and she's British, that hot accent love it and we had had this whole day out you know on a on a um, motorcycle just running around the island and talking and just having a good time and then but that night was going to be the full moon party i just wanted to just say like um and and this is the only time i'll interrupt the story Mm -hmm. is that like this did sound like a billy ocean song for a second we're having a queen hold on hold on hold on sharing the stream I really appreciate you, like, hijacking my hijacking of your story. I hijacked your hijack. Um, I, I want to... Okay, may I please... May I please have, yeah. have a... Okay. We have a whole day out on a motorcycle Going to the full moon party tonight! Okay, that was it. That was it! Was that so hard? That was it? Yeah, that was it. Done. That could have been so much faster. All right. Wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. All right. Wonderful. Okay. Uh, so, do I get to do that to you next time? Can I make a musical interlude to one of your stories? I mean, if you if you introduce it the way I did. Okay, that's and great. Then, as long as no, I'm, I'm to, totally like, do my own that. musical interlude to completely hijack what you okay. were going to hijack. Okay. Okay. So, so you know, we're, we come back there. All sorts of hijinks ensued that day out on the motorbike. It was kooky. We're on we're on this island. And, um, so, we get back in, and they're getting ready for the party, and the party basically involves all sorts of nutty shit. One of them is, like, you know, face and body paint. And, um, they come back, and they're, they're doing body paint and face paint, all this shit, prepping themselves, and we're just like, okay, I'm dealing with this, but I really like this girl, Alex, and she's just cute as all fucking hell, she's got this amazing British accent. I'm like, okay, we're going to go out and we're going to party and, you know, it's just going to be kind of a kooky time. It's going to be kind of Burning Man-like and, you know, whatever. She and I are going to kind of get to know each other. We're gonna, wacky hijinks are going to ensue, whatever. And then it's going to end and we're going to make out. And it'll be great. And long story short, folks, I went out to the beach party and there's like, you know, fucking, they're sliding down, there's big huge slides that land in big foam pits, and there's like bubble wrestling, people doing jump rope with a flaming rope, and 
everybody's just just drunk as hell off of these horrible drinks. And we're wandering around, and what happens? I should have provided this context. She's like 10, I think she's 12 years younger than me. Yeah, must have been at least 12 years, probably 13. Um, it became apparent really quickly that she wanted to be with younger dudes who were just kind of careless and retarded. And, <clears throat> well, she sort of conveniently ditched me in the crowd. <laughs> rough. Yeah, yeah, it was awkward. It was very awkward. That was... I got ditched. I have to, I have to say that that was, uh... Strangely, though, it's like, I was expecting something more than that. But, anyway. Um, I mean, I will say one thing I like to do. <laughs> I, I accidentally sat on a flaming jump rope and my ball got singed. Would have been pretty sweet. But, um, but, uh... You know, I don't know. If you, if, if you were there and you did the whole day, the whole day of sort of, like, you know, um, um, getting to know that person okay. and doing that, doing that whole dance, and then you go out, and the, and I think the girl kind of realized, wait a minute, you know what, dude, I just, I'm just here to party. I'm just here on this, on this trip. Uh to party with people that are young and I'm I'm not I don't want to be serious with anyone. That's so weird to me. And I just want to rage with some but dude see, some dumbass dude. You also, dude you in, also in like you also understand like I never have done the I'm young so I want to rage thing. So it's like I, I it's all complicated. Anyway, well, I have though. I, I mean, I, I get okay, it. You've I, raged I, more. Uh, you have raged more significantly than I have. Right, I, sure, sure, and that's why I didn't really fault her for it. But it was odd to be in that in that situation. And then I saw her go off, and I saw her with a with a young, really dumb looking dude. And you know, she was a smart young chick, but I could tell that she didn't really. Well, that was not where her head was at on this that's trip. That's where life is challenging. And on that note, we'll go ahead and wrap that up. Thanks a lot to uh, Kevin McLeod, who uh, we, his site um, incompetech.com. Like uh, I N C O M P E T E C H dot com, uh, it's basically a great place to find royalty free music, and we use that for the uh, the hungry hungry hippos trailer background. So um, anyway, so uh, a lot of thanks to him. Um, it's a really great site. Definitely check that out if you want to find some um, some uh, royalty free music and certainly donate to his cause because it's a really really cool thing that he's doing. So for Tomax, this is Mishap saying, "When the chuds eat your balls, none of this will matter." <laughs>